Hey guys, I'm David, and welcome to Cucumber Talks. Each week, I sit down with my friends Bryce and Marshall to chat about what's going on in our lives. Our goal is to have honest, vulnerable, and sometimes uncomfortable conversations about our struggles and successes. Just a heads up, we lost connection so there's a small break in the audio. In this week's chat, Marshall talks about not giving gifts, Bryce talks about when to give up, and I talk about finding peace. I hope you enjoy. Got to remember how to start these things. <laughs> you know, you know how there's, I think it's in Europe. There's these countries that have, when you want to be an organ donor, it's the opposite of the way it is here. So in the U.S., when you want to be an organ donor, you have to check the box so that you become an organ donor. Mm-hmm. Whereas in, yeah. I want to say Europe, it's probably every other country in the world. It's the opposite. So if you don't want to be an organ donor, you have to check the box. And it just the default, depending upon what the default is, is what ends up dramatically affecting the result of how many people are organ donors in various countries, uh, especially the U.S. versus these other countries. I was thinking about that in terms of gifts. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about is opting in or opting out of gifts. For me, and probably not just a family thing, but probably a culture thing too, it's like giving gifts for Christmas or birthdays or anniversaries or holidays in general is the default thing. So you just do that. And generally, it's a happy thing and it's a good thing. And we like giving gifts and we like receiving gifts. But for the last, I don't know how long, I've, I've, been less and less enthusiastic about gifts especially especially around these holidays where it ends up becoming just like this obligation to give and receive gifts i heard this podcast where somebody was talking about it i think i forget the what his name is but he runs a company called giftology i believe and it's basically a company that helps companies give gifts to customers clients and so forth to help build relationships And he says the ABCs are when you should never give gifts. And the ABCs are anniversaries, birthdays, and Christmas or, you know, holidays in general because it's expected. And so that's the worst time to give a gift because everybody's giving gifts. It just goes in the pile of gifts that people gave me because it's an obligation. Instead, he recommends just out of the blue giving customers tickets to a ball game or a set of fancy knives or different things that he suggests, whatever. And... I'm not fully ready to commit to this because I've just started to think about it seriously, but I wanted to talk with you guys about it because I'm considering checking the box to opt out of gifts. And maybe specifically, it will be opting out of just gifts during those times, like birthdays, anniversaries, holidays. And I was talking to my wife about it because... It's one of those things that I've kind of gone along with. I think we talked about last week where what are things you do? I think I asked Bryce, what are things that you do with, you know, friends or or socially that you don't like to do? And when you asked me back, I didn't really have a great answer. I think I said something about talking about things I don't necessarily want to talk about, which is true. But this is another one that I thought of this week. It's giving gifts. 
especially around these holidays. Like I, I want to be generous. Like I like being generous and I like the idea of gifts. But when it comes to Christmas time and you're like, okay, here's the list of people we got to get gifts for. And here's the, even if it's people that I really care about, especially people that I really care about, my kids, my wife, my, you know, whoever, it still ends up just becoming a chore. And I realize this is more stress than, you know, it's kind of goes with the Mr. Nice Guy type stuff where I'm like, okay, on the one side, it's helping the other person and some, in some way they're benefiting, they're hopefully seeing it's like a expression of love to them. And maybe they have that love language where that's really important to them. But personally, for me, I hate the experience. I feel stress. I feel I don't like to shop. There's all these different reasons why I don't like <laughs> I don't like the building the expectation. I don't like being the person who's contributing to people having an expectation that every Christmas or every birthday, they should receive a bunch of stuff from people just because that's what they should do. And then we're not as appreciative because we think like if a birthday goes by and you didn't get something special, then you feel bad or a Christmas goes by and nobody said Merry Christmas, then you then you feel bad. It's like that's just building the wrong expectations. So anyway, I have all these sort of what I would call fairly strong beliefs about it. But then in practice, I'm still in the gift giving. So I wanted to talk about that, see what you guys thought in general see how you guys what your sort of gift giving traditions are with your friends and family and if i did something like this it seems like the way to do it would be to let everybody know very clearly so that it's not this surprise but i want to talk about that and see what you guys thought is is this a terrible idea how should i go about it thoughts opinions kind of chat about it yeah I've, uh, I mean, I've definitely thought about that before. Um, <laughs> when you started talking about it, it made me think of the, the Big Bang Theory episode where Sheldon talks about giving gifts. And it's like, I give you a $50 gift, you give me a $50 <laughs> gift. And we do this until one of us dies, leaving <laughs> the other person $50 short. <laughs> it's like, you're becoming Sheldon. <laughs> but, I mean, I haven't seen Big Bang. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, it's um yeah like I, I definitely thought about it I of course go to you know I'm like what does your family think about it like are they okay with it that's like my feeling about it like maybe with my mm -hmm. personal family um because some of them love giving gifts and right. others like myself are terrible at it and I often forget birthdays of of like my my immediate family so mm -hmm. <laughs> i i mean I, I don't celebrate my own birthday so i'm that's just not my my mindset i don't have things saved for that and um yeah i feel i feel terrible about it and like you said the lead up to christmas is like uh it's very stressful it's like well, what do i what do i want to get for them like what what do they need so Mm -hmm. A lot of times I just rely on, uh, you know, the Amazon wish list or something. I'm just like, add, 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 you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. I don't know that I'll ever stop giving gifts just because that's been a thing for so long. 
but I don't know, maybe you uh, can convince me otherwise. (laughs) I'll be the guinea pig. So it sounds like you're in a similar boat, though, with let's say take the how the other people feel about the gifts, which sort of is one of those things where it's hard to do that in the process. But let's say take how they feel about it out of it, your general feeling of going through the process of getting the gifts you're like me where it's not like an enjoyable experience. It's not something that you look forward to doing when that Mm -hmm. time comes around. Yeah, no, I, I mean, if I like want something or need something, I'll, I'll just, I'll buy it myself. And, uh, I mean, I think that's most people, you know, most people that I give gifts to, it's not like they can't afford something, you know, it's just the, the gesture, the, the I'm thinking about you and I care about you thought. Um, but yeah, for right. me, I mean, my, my, uh, what do they call that? The, the five love languages. My, my, mine is definitely not receiving or giving gifts. So. Right. And that's where it makes it hard too, because I know that mine isn't. So it's easier for me to say that that one is not important where to the other person, Maybe mine is my receiving love language is, is I was going to say acts of encouragement, but words of encouragement, affirmation. I forget what that's called. Acts something of like that. kindness or something. Yeah. Something. Words I guess of affirmation. I was thinking, yeah. I think I was thinking more like encouragement than mm. acts of service. But either way, it's not the gift version. But if someone were to come to me and be like, well, I'm just going to opt out of saying anything nice to you, Marshall. That might <laughs> that might be more for me. That might be more of a problem than the gift. So that I think that's what I wanted to talk about too. Is how or like instead of like scheduling kind words, you you just like randomly right says, right. Like is your wife? Is she's cool with it. She's like I don't need a gift on my birthday. She's not the gift receiving type. But you know, randomly when you know when it's not uh, like a mandatory thing that would be exciting to like receive a gift, like a quote unquote birthday gift in July or whenever her birthday is not. Yeah. Yeah. And what's funny is it actually sounds exciting. And again, this is just me saying it without having the experience of it to back it up as much, but it sounds way more exciting to go get random gifts than it, than the gift for, for Christmas or birthday or whatever the typical occasion is yeah for sure i can i can uh i can attest to that it's just like the the spontaneity of of just getting something or giving something Mm -hmm. but then it's like if if you give gifts like throughout the year and then christmas rolls around it's like i don't know if you do like family gatherings right right it's like everybody's opening gifts and you're just like sitting there. You're like, I'll be the camera guy. Right. There's some very real, and we can get into these in a bit here, but there's some very real practical concerns or questions of how this actually would go down because there certainly are times, especially around Christmas, where we'll get together as a family. And we've we've done some things already to, in a way, limit or pare down giving. So with my extended family, We'll kind of do a trade where, you know, there might be 20, 25, 30, however, a bunch of us that, uh, uh, at least of the adults, and you've got younger kids that adds more, but um, 
for for the adult, we've kind of traded people. So instead of everybody getting gifts for everybody, and then you're, you know, we've sort of decided, okay, when we get together, I'll get gifts for this one person, that person will get gifts for. So in a way, we've kind mm. of started to go down that road so that there's not as there's not 400 gifts that are being exchanged when we get together with, you know, 40 people or 20 people. Mm, okay. So maybe that conversation's already started a little bit. But then the other question is on the receiving side at those times where I'm going to say, hey, I don't want to give gifts at this time, but I also am talking about not receiving them as well. So then it comes down to telling people again in advance, like, hey, I'm not getting anybody any gifts. Please don't give me any gifts. And if you do, what do I then do? Do I say, hey, I'm not, right. I'm sorry, and then give it back? Like grandma, you know, my Filipino mm -hmm. grandma <laughs> gives me a gift and I'm like, sorry, I'm not receiving this. And so I think heading it off ahead of time seems like a good idea. But then in practice, I have a feeling somebody's going to still end up giving me some gift, even if it's like a little gift or trying to slide this in there. And uh, what does that yep. look like? How does that not offend people? And do I care? Maybe at some point you just stick to the Mr. Nice Guy uh, script or, or the not so Mr. Nice Guy script and just be like, I don't care if grandma gets her feelings hurt that I don't like the or don't receive the socks that I got for Christmas. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm that hardcore, even though I want to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have family members that are like, regardless of if you get me a gift, like mm -hmm. they say that I'll still get you a gift. Like, I just right. love doing this. Right. So that's there's going to be some awkwardness because uh, I think most of us fall into that tradition. We've been hardwired. <laughs> is there a way where I just take the gift and smile and say, <laughs> I don't uh, thank you is the wrong word because I thank you is not what I want to say, but go ahead and receive the gift and say, hey, I'm not doing gifts. And then just throw it away <laughs> like <I don't, laughs> or give it away to somebody else. But then I feel like that's another. Take it and say, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's awkward. It's going to be weird, man. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Have you had any positive gift giving experiences recently? Gift giving as in the sense where I'm giving a gift. Have you had any positive experiences with gifts recently <laughs> um uh, well i mean i i got you that pen i actually think that that was probably the last gift giving experience that i enjoyed which i hope you enjoyed it i think in the process though it was fun for me because number one it wasn't an expected thing it was just something i thought of Number two, I got the gift from a friend, so I was also supporting his thing as well. So I was supporting, just for everybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, there was a, a buddy of mine makes these pens. So I bought a pen from him and gave it to Bryce as Bryce was, as, uh, Bryce was leaving the country. And that experience, both the buying and receiving and giving, all of that seemed good. Um, that's the one that kind of comes to mind for me. And that was probably the most recent one that where I would say it was like a gift, you know, as opposed to just buying lunch for somebody or I don't know, buying lunch for somebody doesn't seem like a gift as much. So you enjoyed that because it was unexpected? 
or it wasn't expected of you to do something like that? Probably. It's hard because it's almost a confirmation bias problem where I think the fact that it was sort of spontaneous, I think the fact that it was something that I felt was special as opposed to just a gift from Walmart that I go find and I'm like, what am I? I'm going to let me go find a gift. Like it didn't come up as I need to find a gift. What am I going to get? It came up very organically and very, you know, I, I guess in a way I was thinking, I was actually thinking, hey, what would be something cool to get Bryce? And then this other, you know, thing came into my life and I was like, oh, there's an opportunity. Let me get this, support my friend. And it's a small thing that you can take on, you know, trip, whatever. So I guess there was some thought ahead of time, but it wasn't like how I how I feel like Christmas goes each year where it's okay. Here's a person. Now let me try to think of something that they need or want. Okay, I can't think of anything that they need or want. Okay, what are some things that I could just give them anyway? I don't know, my pro- yeah, the process is just so much different. It feels more so much more of an obligation at that point. Do you think if you approach those times of year that like Christmas or the the times when it's expected that you give gifts, if mm-hmm. you approached it with that same mentality, of what's a cool thing I could give or do for this person. Do you mm-hmm. think that would be helpful? If I could, yes. I think that it it would be. I think I have a hard time doing that though. Because each year I I do try to go down that road of okay, let's not get a Walmart gift. Let's not get a whatever gift. What's something that I've enjoyed recently or maybe somebody else has enjoyed recently. But then I'm not good at giving gifts or thinking of things. I'm not good at shopping. So I have a really hard time coming up with what those things are. And then I just get frustrated and end up getting, you know, I don't know, like even if I end up getting something that I think like we were talking about before we started recording this coconut coffee that I've had recently that I liked (laughs) that comes to mind as something where okay, well, I know people drink coffee. I've enjoyed this coconut coffee. I don't know if everybody would, but that's something that sort of shares something where I've enjoyed it. Maybe other people would enjoy it. Maybe that's a good gift, but somehow it very rarely works out like that. What might be interesting too, and I don't know, I don't think I could do this off the top of my head, but go back over past years and see what types of gifts do I get? Maybe the gifts I get are just terrible and that's why I don't like giving them because they're not good (laughs) gifts. and my process of finding them isn't good. Maybe they're last minute because I get, you know, stressed out or stressed out is the wrong word, but you know what I mean? I get annoyed and then I'm like last minute trying, all right, let me go find a gift. And then I go buy a DVD for somebody or, you know, something like what just as an obligation more. So would you say, um, I just lost my train of thought (laughs) one second. Uh, okay. Uh, would you say that giving gifts is something you just like thoroughly don't enjoy doing or is it like you just said more of a skill that you don't have yet and you need to work on Hmm. because what I just heard you say is I'm bad at shopping and I'm bad at gift giving so you've kind of just pigeonholed yourself as a bad shopper bad gift giver so is this the same thing as like I want to be a better writer 
um, what are some some skills I can learn to become better at this? Or is this just like, oh, God, I hate doing this? It's probably both. And it's and or maybe it's one that creates the other. And I guess that's what you're asking is, is it because I'm feel like I'm a bad gift giver? So self-fulfilling prophecy I am. Mm. Um, <laughs> I think, it, yeah, it, it partially is that it's partially this idea in my mind where if there wasn't this practice already in place to give gifts around Christmas time, around birthdays or these occasions, I know I wouldn't decide to do them in the way that they're. So for instance, if, if, if everybody had to check the box, if you had to opt in to giving gifts on Christmas, if most people didn't and you were like, Hey, what should we do? Should we set up this tradition where we all exchange gifts at a certain time? Personally, I wouldn't like do that. So I think there's like this sort of structure underneath this belief structure system that comes from somewhere that says this probably isn't what I actually want to do. And then couple that with the fact that, oh, and I'm also not good at it. And as a result, because I'm not good at it, I probably get negative reinforcement on top of it. So you you get gifts to people and they're sort of, um, you know, appreciative, but it's not, oh my God, like, thank you so much. This is amazing. It's just what I wanted. My gifts are tend to be, oh, cool. You know, or what? Yeah, I don't know. But <laughs> so all of that combined turns into what, how I feel about gifts. <laughs> It's hard to pin down which one is the starting point, though. Is it just that I'm bad, so then I make up make up a belief system around it? Or is it that I have this belief system and then I get worse at it? Is it the negative reinforcement that makes me worse at it, so I tell myself I'm a terrible gift giver? Outside of the pen gift, um, which we could also explore, too, because I think my reaction was more than just like, oh, cool. Like I was genuinely excited to receive that. And I thought it was honestly really cool. Um, no, I'm thanks not... for saying that. And, and I would put that, I would put, yeah, I think that was accurate. I think that your response, the way that I read it was a genuine, you know, and I would say that a lot of gifts, like I'm probably painting it worse than it is, but yes, in general for, for that specific case, I, I agree. I think that it was a good interaction all around from me getting it, buying it, being excited to give it to you, giving it to you. I felt like you received it well. I felt good that I thought that you enjoyed it, whether you were just faking it or not, but whatever. I felt like it was genuine. I felt, you know, I felt good about the whole process. So you're saying that the person's reaction to the gift is, is a big part of your decision about whether you want to give gifts or not. I'm sure it plays into it. Yeah. Um, but I also know that the reaction, it's so weird. <laughs> the reaction is sh- such a short-term event in the process. And that's why gifts, people like giving gifts is because, you know, you could spend a week thinking about it, going to the store, buying it, making it, whatever it is, all this time. And then here's the gift and the gift giving is a two second, two minute process. But that's why gifts are important in traditions is because they signify that somebody spent a substantial amount of time, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, a week, a month, a year, 
coming up with the idea, coming up with what it is, finding it, wrapping it or whatever, and and then giving it. So they signal an investment in somebody. And that's why they're that's why we do this, I think. Um and and that part of it, when I talk about it like that, that seems good. It's the contributing to the obligation and then I feel obligated where I get frustrated. <laughs> if you agree with the no more Mr. Nice Guy philosophy, that's where you would say that's not good, right? If you do something out of obligation and it's kind of a pain, but you do it because you're trying to please somebody else or it's expected of you just for those right, reasons right. alone might be something to reconsider. But if you actually enjoy the process, like, oh, I really enjoy thinking about what might be cool to give Bryce on his, as a going away present. And I really enjoy supporting local businesses and friends who are entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And I enjoy brainstorming minimalist things that I could give to somebody right, who's right. back. But, you know, like these types of things, like if, it, if it's an enjoyable experience, it seems like something you would want to continue. And then the the ones where it feels kind of like a chore might be the ones to cut out. And but in a way, it, it just reminds me of our first conversation about um yes, uh, I thought of that too. Oh, okay, okay. Where what I've noticed is your personality, you tend to try to make hard and fast rules for certain things. Yeah. And this reminds me of that where it's like. I'm just going to blanket this entire part of my life and make a rule that I don't give gifts and I don't receive gifts. Right. When maybe it could be a little more nuanced if you just admitted that like there was one time where I really enjoyed this. So, Right. Maybe a, a hard and, and fast rule isn't the way to go here. And part of me wants to, because I like experimenting with things and so so there's part of me that wants to try it for a year and even tell people where I'm trying it for a year. Like, hey, I don't know if this is going to be a forever thing about not getting gifts, but let's say 2022, I'm not going to give and receive gifts and then rebuild from there in a way. So maybe I go through a year and then I realize, well, you know, I did appreciate less stress around Christmas time, let's say. But I also missed parts of it, kind of like when you quit Facebook or something and, and you you afterward, you think, why did I take so long to do this? Or maybe part of you is like, OK, it's a little bit better, but it's not quite better. Maybe there's a nuanced perspective. So part of me thinks that maybe doing a full purge will in a way help highlight what I what I like and what I don't like about it. Because what I don't like about it will be gone and I'll hopefully feel some relief. And what I do like about it, maybe I'll miss that. And then I'll realize, okay, so I do want some gift giving in my life. Maybe I just don't want it around these traditions or maybe I don't want it around. I'm not sure. What I was going to say or what I thought you were referring to was one of the first episodes. I don't even know if it's still online, but the one about it was kind of like opting out of holidays. And I remember when you guys, I wasn't on that episode, but in that conversation, I remember thinking, I didn't want to do that. 
you guys both sounded like you wanted to opt out of holidays. And I was like, no, I really like holidays. But the part of the holiday that I would opt out of is the gift giving. So it's a very, it's a very similar conversation, a very similar kind of thought process of, I think you guys were talking about, what if I just stayed home and did nothing for New Year's Eve? You know, I'm like, no, you got to go do something on New Year's Eve. But then, or Christmas Eve, or, you know, whatever the occasion, but I don't want to do gifts. So anyway, it's a work in progress, something I'm, we'll see. We've, if I did anything, I, I definitely think it would be in, I would wait till 2022 to do it. So I've got six months to work out the details and maybe, maybe by then I'll be, you know, somebody will walk me off the, back me off the ledge here. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like you could just experiment with, an upcoming birthday or something. Yeah, my problem is I already had a birthday. Year. I already had a birthday this year. So oh, I mean, a friend or a family member that you yeah, would typically yeah, give gifts to. Yeah. And see how that feels. Um, I'll throw this out there. One thing that I've started to do with gift giving that I found really, really fun is when I am planning to give a gift to somebody, I try to think of something that they would normally be opposed to spending this much money on an item. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. um, example, like $15 socks, a $15 pair yeah, of socks. Yeah, I was going to say really like, upgraded. Yeah, like yeah. Really upgraded, so something that you wouldn't buy because you think that it's too mm -hmm. expensive to buy this, to, to spend this much money on this item. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, on a on on a normal day, it's just right. like world. I, I can't I can't something. pay fifteen dollars yeah. for a pair of socks, or I can't get um. Yeah, I I can't go to this restaurant because it's it's too expensive or something where there's like a limiting belief hmm. about how much it costs. I think it's really interesting to explore that with gifts, where it, it doesn't even have to be expensive, but just buy the thing that person normally wouldn't buy because they're afraid to spend that much money on the item. Mm -hmm. I, I found that really fun. Like I gave yeah. my, I gave my wife, a, uh, I don't know if you guys know the, the brand Supreme. Mm -mm. Yeah. <laughs> they, um, they're notorious for it's a, it's a streetwear brand and almost all of their stuff sells out immediately because there's a lot of hype around it. So, it's not extremely expensive if you can buy it on the website, but it's almost impossible to buy on the website. They launch once a week a, a line of new products, and it's so popular that it sells out almost immediately. So mm -hmm. then in order to get whatever it is, you have to pay a, an egregious resale price. So if the shirt costs $30, you'll probably have to pay $100 for it. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> on eBay or, or yeah, somewhere yeah, else, some eBay or, yeah, stock X stock or something X. like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so for Christmas, I, I just, my, my wife, she really wanted one of their t-shirts and she was like super close to getting it retail when it, when it launched and she, she really liked the design and she didn't get it and she was kind of bummed out about it. And that was in April last year. So for Christmas, I just paid resale for the t-shirt and you know it's like 80 or 100 dollars for the t-shirt yeah so on a normal day you're not we're not going to spend 80 dollars for a t-shirt like that's just ridiculous but 
you know, it's a hot, like using the holiday as a reason, like to do something mm-hmm. special for somebody and thinking about, for me, I think it was fun to, yeah, to, to get that thing that the person normally wouldn't get themselves. Like David, you were saying, oh, well, they can afford whatever they want. Mm-hmm. But I think it's fun to explore the things that they wouldn't buy for themselves. Right. right. Yeah. Everybody can afford, can afford the $100 pair of socks. I'll uh, <laughs> say everybody, but most people, if they dug deep, could afford a $100 pair, dollar pair of socks. But I don't know anybody that wears 100 Maybe I do. I don't know. But in general, people aren't <laughs> wearing, my, my friends aren't wearing $100 pair of socks, but it's not because the actual $100 bill is missing from their bank account. It's because we think that socks should be $2, $20. You know, they should be cheaper. Right. Uh, that's a, That's an interesting... And as you're saying it, that sounds exciting. So I almost wonder, too, if I, in the back of my mind, think, okay, maybe 2022, I consider cutting out gifts. But for the rest of this year, maybe I enlist some help in getting gifts that are fun and exciting. And maybe that will swing me in the other direction where I'm like, okay, because maybe that's what it comes down to as well for me is that I feel like the gifts that I give are not a representation of what I want them to be. Like they're mm. not interesting. They're not unusual. They're not unique. That's what I always want. I always want to find the thing that's not necessarily expensive, but that's like, where did you find this? This is crazy. This is a really interesting or, you know, that kind of thing. But trying to do that consistently over the course of years for a number of people I'm not able to do probably because I'm just not good at planning it or I, I don't know, I just get busy or whatever other excuse I have. But maybe if on upcoming holidays, I ask Bryce or, you know, go to Fiverr and kind of do the personal trainer version of, of this <laughs> instead of hiring a personal trainer, ask mm-hmm. somebody like, hey, I need to get a gift for my mom. Um, she's, you know, such and such age. She's kind of into this stuff what what how do i what are some ideas and and maybe it would be more fun for me and then when it's more fun for me maybe it's more fun in the interaction with her and maybe i change my belief system a little bit as far as how i feel about the obligation side of it yeah that sounds great and to be super to be super millennial and you know you you identify as a minimalist and you're a millennial so the trend right now is to gift experiences yeah I feel like that would align with your values and I feel like it's certainly more fun than going to Walmart and picking up something random to think about an experience you could share with this person or an experience that this person would like to have. And maybe for whatever reason, they haven't had it or money's holding them back from doing it. And those ones have been better. I, I think last year for my brother's birthday, I got him some concert tickets, or I guess it wouldn't have been last year because I don't think I've been to. Anyway, some year, years ago, I got concert. No, I don't know. Um, but those experiences were better. I don't, I can't remember if I was more excited about them in the process, but afterward, I definitely enjoyed that because it was less, here's a thing. It was more like, here's some tickets. And then we went together, or, you know, so, oh, let me tell yeah, you another one that uh, my, a little bit. my family tried out for Christmas last year. We each paired with a family member. So it wasn't like you had to buy gifts for everybody. 
because we're doing the same thing where you're not giving, we don't give gifts to everybody anymore. We pair with somebody. Mm-hmm. And uh, for this one, we had the person we paired with write down five things that they wanted to receive. Mm-hmm. And then we had a conversation with the person about why they mm-hmm. wanted those things. They could explain what they wanted and prioritize or whatever, explain the reasons why they wanted it. We set a budget for it. So like nothing more than $50. So something that you want under $50, explain the top five things, top your top five picks, explain why you like it. And then the person who's going to give it to you can decide which one they think is, 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 is best. And mm-hmm. I think we had, a, we had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, it kind of builds in a gift, a a, uh, a gift that's not necessarily the gift, but the conversation, right? Like the, that conversation mm-hmm. of getting to know the other person mm-hmm. in a way that maybe you didn't know because you're kind of guessing at what they want or, mm-hmm. you know, because I think as adults, we, at least for me, my family, my friends, we, we, we kind of do that to some degree, like, hey, your birthday's coming up, anything you want. But yeah, I think maybe, yeah being more specific about it sounds like an interesting way to go yeah okay so i've got some stuff to think about maybe some things to try maybe just make the experience better and then i'll enjoy it more also like you said experiment with not giving and see how you feel when when on an occasion where it's expected of you Mm -hmm. right right Um, for one of your kids next birthdays just say all right i'm not giving you anything right right and just see how how that plays out maybe it's not a big deal yeah cool was that too advicey i feel like i got too Um, advicey well it depends upon which side you're asking about if you're asking about (laughs) my side i appreciated having the advice and yeah i appreciated sort of the ideas it definitely felt like advice though. So if you're trying not to give advice, then you probably broke that rule. But I, I, you know, I think I came into the conversation like, how do I not give gifts to people anymore? And Bryce, you kind of steered it toward maybe here are some better ways to give gifts. And so it helped me think in a different way too, you know, which I, I think I, I did that because you said, to, yeah. When you said that you suck at giving gifts, it's, that doesn't sound like you don't enjoy it. It sounds like you need to work on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe it's an opportunity to learn. Keep us updated on how Christmas goes. Yeah. Okay, so for for my topic, wanted to break away for from Mr. No More Mr. Nice Guy for a week and talk about something that's been on my mind, which is when to give up on doing something on your own and asking for help and also when to give up on something altogether. And I'm more interested in the when to give up on something and ask for help part, because I feel like all three of us are similar in the fact that we like to work solo on, on projects. And we like to try to push things to completion on our own before we reach out for help. And lately, I think I've become better at uh, increasing my awareness of when I need help and when to stop forcing things. But I I want to keep exploring that. And I'm I'm interested in 
just exploring this topic with you guys. And if you want, I can give you some some recent examples or we can just kind of jump into it. Yeah, it's a great, great topic. I think I talked about asking for help, too, because I'm same boat. Yeah, we're like, how do you know when to ask for help? And I, I was actually just thinking about this over the past week or so about self-reliance and and thinking about what would the opposite of that be? What if it was I'm never reliant on myself? Like in any case where, you know, I need to get some water. Can I ask somebody to get the water for me? If I need, you know, to drive to work, could I, you know, pay somebody to drive me to work or ask my wife to drive me to work? Like what would it look like to experiment with that? It's an and I think what I'm, topic, I'm you know? what I'm saying is is not synonymous with outsourcing. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, when I, I'm working I, yeah. on something and I just reach a point where I need help, I, I don't have yeah. the answers or if I keep pushing, it's going to be super frustrating. Mm-hmm. So recent example, my, my Bluehost account got infected with malware. One of my websites, I guess I didn't have the protection or whatever on it been there (laughs) (laughs) so at first it was just one site and i tried to handle it on my own by contacting bluehost chat support and working through whatever the issue was okay you're already ahead of just trying to do it without their support that's good (laughs) oh yeah there's no way i could do it without like reaching out to bluehost chat support but to me that was still trying to do it on my own right i was contacting the support trying to learn what i could do and and fix it myself so i try to implement the steps that they did that they suggested and it just gets worse and i get an email Mm -hmm. like an hour later saying okay we've had to suspend your entire account all your websites Mm -hmm. are down because of uh this malware infection yeah and then they give me a list of of things to do. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I'm just like, this is above my pay grade. You know, mm-hmm. I, I've, if I try to figure this out and go Googling and, and all that, it's just gonna, <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's terrible. Like I, I, this is past where I want to be with this. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yes. Mm-hmm. So when I got to that point, I was like, all right, I need to get help. I need to hire somebody who's a professional. I know it sucks to pay money for this when I think that I can do it myself, but this is too much for me to mm-hmm. handle. And, and it worked out. It worked out great. You know, like the, okay. <laughs> the person I hired, they fixed it and it was all the sites were back up within a 24 hours so that's what i was going to ask is did you how did the story end are yeah, you Q, still in the cucumber process cucumber talks is, cucumber is live <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah <laughs> um hmm. so in that case it sounds like it maybe you did you feel like you went further with it than you should have in that case or would you say that that was an example where you basically did the right thing and it, it was a good experience of you recognize that you had a problem that was over your head or even not just over your head, just something you didn't want to deal with. And then you, yeah, you asked for some help. That's a great way to put it or phrase it is over my head. When I get in over my head, hmm. 
do I push, do I force the issue and push ahead or do I call out for help? That's mm-hmm. what I, that's what I want to learn how to do. Yeah. To answer your question, I, I think I, looking back in hindsight, I should have just hired immediately, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the outcome, the way I handled it. And I think before I would have just kept forcing the issue, mm-hmm. trying to keep Googling and try to watch YouTube videos for hours and figure out how to do it myself. And maybe I would have succeeded, but I certainly benefited from the help. And then yeah, the uh, another example that's a little more close to home is this cycle that I'm in with my wife and it's it's been a part of our relationship since I can remember since we before we got married is this pattern where we um everything will be good then we'll have a disagreement and the disagreement will result in an argument and then the argument will end unresolved then we'll both kind of shut down and ignore each other um, spend time apart mm-hmm. for some time and then something will just get us to back to normal normalcy and we'll kind of pretend like it never happened and we won't resolve the the argument and then the cycle continues and it happened a few days ago and for whatever reason something just triggered inside of me like stop trying to solve this. Like there's mm. no more answers you could come up with on your own. Yeah. This is oh, it's like Marshall, you just said it's over your head. This is whatever you've been trying obviously hasn't been working. So if you just keep on trying to come up with the answers yourself, it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of futile. Yeah. Over your head is yeah, a great man, way that's... to way to explain it. It's um, it reminds me of so many other conversations we've had about, you know, life coaches and things. I was actually exploring recently going back to the the Brojo community and kind of getting back interested in, in life coaching and, or, or having, yeah, whether it's, you know, like a therapist or a, a coach or something. And whenever you listen to the videos or explore these things, what do life coaches say they say things like you could probably figure this out on your own but i can help you get there faster Hmm. and what's tough for me is a lot of times that doesn't that's not a high enough pain point for me that's not enough that's not a high enough or uh, am i trying to say it's not a good enough pitch i'm like well if i can figure it out on my own i'm just going to figure it out on my own even if it takes a little bit longer I want somebody to say, you're not going to figure this out. You won't get there without me. And then I'm like, okay, I won't get there without you. Okay. Or like the Bluehost example, like I won't be able to figure out this malware. Okay. Let me go to this other person. But if it's just a little faster, that's not a high enough pain point for me, but I get what you're saying. I I, I relate to that where it's like, personally, I, I feel like I'm too smart to, like if I just was humbler and, and, you know, said, Hey, yeah, maybe I can figure this out. Probably not. It's just not going to, but somebody else can get me there way easier and way better. And 
for me, a lot of times it comes down to the money side too, where I have this aversion to spending money on things that I don't want, that I think that I can, like soft skills, especially, you know, if it's like the Bluehost thing, I'd be more likely to go to somebody for a technical skill like that, but I have a harder time paying 30 bucks or, you know, even 30 bucks to me seems like a, a low amount of money to be like, hey, can you help me make friends better? I'm not going to pay somebody 30 bucks to make friends. That's like a, you know, I could figure that out from book, but that's so much more, that would make so much more of an important thing for me in my life than somebody helping with a website. Yet I'm more willing to pay for the website fix because it seems more technical and less likely that I'm going to figure it out myself. I definitely relate to that as far as how do you know? And maybe it's not a how as much as just a kind of like what I was saying, like changing the default, you know, like, Whenever you have a problem, ask yourself, how can somebody help me with this first instead of how can I figure this out myself first? Because my, you know, if you're like me, my first thing is how can I figure this out myself? Can I figure this out myself instead of the default being, okay, who can help me? Who can do this for me? Yeah, I'm going to write that down right now. (laughs) How can I just pay money to fix this? You know, but it's hard. To, I don't know. It's like a mental thing. There's a block there. Talk about limiting beliefs. I, I'll hear people talk about limiting beliefs and I'm like, well, I don't really have any limiting beliefs. What do I need to work on? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> that. <laughs> oh, yes, I do. <laughs> Problem is I can't always see them. And that's why they're limiting beliefs. Hmm. Yeah. I struggle with this a lot too. When I read what you were going to talk about, it's uh it's so difficult and I, I'm trying to get myself to think, uh, you know, how much time have I spent on this? And then I, I try to like chop it up like hourly and it's like, mm. should, you know, should I just pay for somebody to do this? I think one of you guys talked about that previously because it's a, it's something I struggle with like, oh yeah, I'll just do it on my own. And then, right. you know, I may spend 10 hours on something and I could have just paid, you know, somebody a hundred bucks to fix it, whatever it is. So it seems too, and, and Bryce, it feels like you've actually done a good job recently with talking about, you know, getting the personal trainer, uh, through, Mm. you know, website or getting some tips and things like that. It seems like on a practical level, it's finding like an entry point that's easy because when you say something about um, arguments with your wife, the immediate thought is, Oh, well, we need to hire a, if we're talking about, you know, asking for help, you've got asking around to your friends or your family who might have some experience in that uh, with those types of things. You've got hiring somebody who's a, you know, a therapist or a counselor or whatever. A lot of those things seem very, at least to me, they seem like a big investment, not just in money, but just, or, or not even necessarily in money at all, but it seems like you have to take a big step to, to get to that point. So it's, I don't know if I have, I, I certainly don't have an answer for it, but like, how do you make that easier? Because it's really easy to do the thing yourself to like Google it. How do I not have this type of argument with my wife or, you know, there's not as much like shame in doing that. To, you know, to, to me anyway, it, it seems like that. But if you're trying to hire a therapist, like you've got to go through and, you know, vet the person, like it's probably going to be expensive. There's all these excuses that can come up. Um, 
Like what's the easy version where, let me give an example too. So I think I've talked to you guys about this, like fixing my bathroom. We ended up paying somebody to, uh, first they changed out the, the bathtub, but then after they did that, there was some other work. And because I think I had already paid for the bathtub, it was easier for me to just go find somebody to do some drywall for me. And it was the best money I've spent probably this year because somebody came in and while I was at work, they fixed my bathroom and I came back and it looked good and there's still work to be done. And I'm still like debating, like, why am I still working on this? I should just pay somebody some more money. Like, anyway, so there's this, <laughs> but by starting the process on one part of it, it made it easier to then like domino into, and on the bad side, that's how people end up you know, spending all their money because they get used to just buying things when they want to. And then, you know, you go over budget or whatever. But on the positive side, it's like, what's the way that you could dip your toe into it? That's really easy. It doesn't feel like a huge commitment. Or, you know, I don't know, maybe we could talk about that too. Like, what do you think is holding you back from some of that? Mm -hmm. Is it more the social side? Is it the financial side? Is it the you hadn't realized it side definitely the humility yeah like you were saying about i just i i've forced the issue and think that i can come up with solutions on my own and that i'm smart enough to figure it out mm -hmm. and lately something's just been clicking in my head where it's like maybe you're not smart enough to figure this out or you could certainly benefit from somebody else's opinion or ideas on this, this topic. So for me, it's having those realizations more often. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that question that you asked or that you suggested earlier about how can somebody help me with this? I'll, I'll probably just put it on a post-it note and hanging it up on, hang it up on my Bryce, you want to pick it up from, you're going to put it on a post-it note. I think you were saying something else and that's where I feel bad. I want. I, yeah, I, re I remember the post-it note. That's about it. Sorry, technical difficulties over here. Um, I was just saying the, the, the question you suggested, how can someone help me with this? That seems like a good entry point. Like you were saying, find the entry point. If I can keep that question in the back of my head or on my wall, Mm -hmm. I believe that will help me with my humility or lack thereof. And before we wrap it up, when do you all decide to give up on things completely? At what point do you just throw in the towel on something? Like if the guy I had hired to fix my, my hosting, if he had failed and then the next guy failed, you just keep going and going until you find somebody or do you persevere and push your way don't accept failure as a as a as an option when do you when do you say enough is enough so for me i think it depends on what it is and for your example i think maybe i would do like three <laughs> like lucky number three and then i don't know i mean you know bluehost is is pretty important for in your situation. So if that was the same, I'd, I don't know. I'd probably, I'd probably keep going until I, until I got it fixed or about a, bankrupt. 
How about a relationship? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if I was married to somebody, for or sure. Just dating. When do you say enough is enough? Mm, depends on how much I love the person. You know, if I'm like super happy, I want to keep it going. Um, yeah, I, I, I will continue forever <laughs> you know and what if you're in a rough patch and you don't feel happy anymore um if i was just dating somebody or married or married yeah i mean i i if i hadn't gotten outside help that's where i would go for sure and, and i know that it would take mm, i mean i've in my experience not in my experience but in just listening to to friends and whatnot they've had to go to like two maybe three or four plus different like therapists or counselors before they found somebody who who is like truly able to to help them as sad as that seems it's a tough one yeah there's uh i think i wish there was a clear rule because I like rules that are black and white of <laughs> you go this far until this <laughs> and then you make X decision to fix Y or whatever the formula is. But it seems very different depending upon what it is. You know, in the Bluehost example, it's like, okay, well, you try until it doesn't make sense. And then you're like, okay, at this point, it would cost me less to rebuild all my websites as opposed to continuing to fight with this existing hosting on the extreme side of it or do I need all these websites maybe we just let these websites go away and you know so you start asking like leveling up questions I know that's how I I think about troubleshooting at work that's kind of what I do a lot of what I do on a daily basis is you know there's a problem a little problem and then you sort of level up with getting more people involved and the solutions start to get more radical it's like okay can we fix this little problem can we change out the device can we get a whole different system? Can we just cancel the customer? You know, it sort of, so you try to think of that in terms of other things, but it's so, yeah, so situational because if it's a, a marriage, what's the rule on that versus, you know, a business partner or business solution or a tool that you're trying to use? How long do you fight to get your Amazon account back? Stuff like that. I don't know. I think... My other thought would be to look for, you know, like when you buy houses or real estate, like look for comps, you know, look for stuff, look for people who've gone through similar situations and see how they decided more specific to the situation as opposed to trying to think of it as a general when to know when to quit. That's a tough one, but maybe the easier answer, the easier question to ask is in this specific situation, how do you know when to quit? And then you can go find people if it's about a marriage, then you go talk to people who've, you know, separated or divorced or people who've gone through some tough stuff and stuck with it and see how they balance it out. So get more practical or I don't know, practical is the right word, but try to find try to find examples that are closer to what you're actually going through and then find out how those people made the decisions. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's useful. Yeah. Thank you guys for letting me talk that one out. Keep us updated. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, uh, 
I think I had this on my um, kind of like an accountability thing. Um, but I, I finally started using a headspace. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I know it sounds like super cheesy. And I mean, it's been around for a little while, but what is it? So, so I know I've heard of it, but I don't actually know what it is. It's kind of like a guided meditation app. I think they, I, I haven't like full on paid for it yet, but I'm, I'm definitely going to do that. But I, I just started listening to a, a few of them throughout this past week. And uh, I think they have like some for sleep, some for the morning. I mean, they have a bunch, but I just started kind of following this, uh, the, the main guy, I, I forget his name, honestly, but he kind of narrates the, the however many minutes process and just it's got a, you know, it's a very soothing voice. He, you know, tells you about breathing and like what to think about kind of, and what to just like, like let, let things come in and then go out and focusing on your breath, stuff like that. And uh, yeah, the, so I guess my topic is finding peace. I should start with that, but it just made me think about mm. how many things I like things that I do or things that I don't do. Um, I realized that I am often not in a, a quiet place. You know, I have like, <laughs> I have either like YouTube music or, or something going on all the time. <laughs> and yeah, I've just been trying to be more aware of that. And I think through, through starting this, it, it's helped me to enjoy, um, obviously, you know, quiet times, but it's also helped me think of all the things that I've not, you know, not been, not been doing that I need to work on, for example, um, like focusing my attention on, you know, things that I can control, for example, just like myself and my actions, how I, you know, how I react to things. It's easy to get, um, it's easy to get frustrated often throughout the day, even though I, I may not like punch a wall or, <laughs> you know, blow up or whatever, but just kind of constantly reminding myself, I, I shouldn't say constantly, but just understanding. And this is probably a note that I should put on my, my mirror is like, <laughs> people are humans. <laughs> and I feel like with everything going on, you know, YouTube, so like there's just, just in general, social media and it's so easy to to not just kind of bring myself to understand that you know somebody might have a problem and it's you know there's a human on the other end or you know whatever you're using to to talk to people with other things like uh <laughs> spending time in nature is like a big thing and <laughs> I, I definitely need to do that more. I think my, uh, my idea with that is 
basically that, you know, opening my blinds so that, <laughs> so that I can like see outside is not, um, not really acceptable. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it, mm-hmm. I guess I'm, I don't know if confused is the right word, but do you think that there is a, how do I ask this question? Do you think that there's a, a problem that you're trying to solve in the sense of you have situations where it's, you know, people are making you agitated or whatever it is. And then you're trying to find out how to sort of resolve that, calm that, find peace in that. Or is it more like not, not so much a problem, but just a place that you're trying to get to. I don't know if that question makes any sense, but the reason I ask is, is it specific examples, I guess, or is it more like a general thing where you want your life to feel like it's more peaceful as opposed to, okay, there's a specific customer at work who I'm dealing with Mm. or times. Does that make sense? Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's very much in general. Okay. Okay. Very much in general. Um, And I think that, yeah, I just just being being mindful of it, just being aware of it, um, doing this meditation thing more, and you know, stopping certain things like uh, like I, I always have like YouTube, you know, I have music on or something all the time in the background, and I, I want more of these little, uh, not little, I want this uh kind of feeling that i have with meditation though there is somebody like Mm. speaking into my ear i i want to i want to experience that more often throughout the day yeah and it seems like i guess the reason i asked was because and maybe there end up being the same approaches but i think of them as two different approaches one is Let's figure out what the practical thing is. Let's figure out what the problem is, solve it. But it sounds like what you're going for is more like the conversation can be more about being proactive to find these things where you have peace or you feel that calm. Maybe you're not as distracted. Maybe you don't have as much noise, whether it's actual noise or just stuff in your life that you call noise. Mm -hmm. And like almost before it becomes a problem, you know, Like I think of YouTube, maybe you don't actually not like having YouTube on, but you realize, oh, I I always have YouTube on. What would my life be like without YouTube for extended periods of time? Yeah. I mean, it's like, is it a problem? Like listening to music all the time, like while I'm working or (laughs) I, I feel like there's something uh, detrimental to, to not have more i guess maybe just silence and in that in that way kind of bringing a bit more peace uh inside me it doesn't seem like it it doesn't seem like it it, it's hurting me in the moment but i i I honestly feel like i've not experienced uh you know the other side that much so i kind of want to explore that more what's your definition of peace Mm, it is kind of a combination of it's more it's like 
the outside, like kind of silence, but also inside, not having um, <clears throat> not having so many kind of distractions going on at once, which would allow me to um, to be more um, I don't know, like introspective, not as distracted by kind of external stimuli. <laughs> It's kind of you, a rough definition, but <laughs> in my do you mind. I think it would be close to like the opposite of noise. And I don't mean noise as in necessarily audible noise, but you know, when you say that in your life, it's like there's noise, so much clutter, color, whatever. Is it like the opposite of that or is it something different? Mm, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's probably part of it that I, I need to like work on more is just clutter, you know, physical clutter. It pertains to a lot of different things like actual noise, which in turn keeps the, you know, keeps my, my inner being from, I think, just like relaxing and working properly, <laughs> you know. You mentioned the YouTube music a couple times. Mm -hmm. Why do you think you have that on all the time? Well, I feel like when I do have some kind of music or something going on uh, versus silence, I, I feel that it helps me, I don't know, work faster or more productively. It's like, uh, I don't have music with words really. It's more just like mm -hmm. sounds. It's like, a, you know, mm -hmm. like chill, chill music, maybe a little bit of a, a pace to it. And that, you know, I just personally feel like that helps me to focus in on, you know, what I'm working on basically. Yeah. Or the opposite question I was wondering too, is what's telling you that YouTube or whatever the other things are in your life is wrong or bad. Yeah. Or that's the thing. <laughs> not peaceful. Because on the one side you could say, okay, yeah, I don't want to have this. I don't want to be reliant on this music in the background. I should be okay just being at peace in my own home with, with nothing playing. But it also seems like that could come from somewhere like external that may or may not be valid. You, you know what I'm getting at? Um, not like entirely, honestly. Yeah, so like is it actually a bad thing that you listen to music? Or is it actually a bad thing that you have YouTube playing in the background? Or is it actually a bad thing that you have other things in your life that you might consider noise? Why do you think that those things are not beneficial? Because at some point, like in the short term, or, you know, it seems like they are because otherwise you wouldn't do them. But what tells you that in the long term, they're not maybe where you want to be? I mean, I've not, I've not really tested that out. But I guess my assumption just comes from the, you know, my recent experiences with this like guided meditation. It makes me feel like it, it just, it made me feel like I had, I have too many things going on. Like an example would be like the music, you know, when I'm doing other things, like I, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm, I guess that's just where my mind kind of drifted when I was doing this, like breathing and thinking, 
so i'm not really sure i don't have a yeah. uh you know <laughs> i don't have um any um like proof or evidence mm -hmm. it's something i i think i needed to try it out i guess you mentioned work a, a few times as well i'm wondering if you see the meditation as a productivity tool mm. so when you're describing peace just to elaborate a little bit when you're describing peace it's a, a state you can achieve to be more productive in work yeah i mean you know there we have yet to you know prove that but <laughs> that's my my feeling is that by doing something like that or maybe even a little bit longer or more frequently it i could almost feel the uh you know the temperature drop <laughs> in a, in a good way mm -hmm. so i'm kind of excited to to continue it so yeah i think i think it would it's like <laughs> by not doing as much work and focusing on you know this or or whatever else uh it may help me to be more uh you know i guess productive in general if that's what you were trying to get at I want to know if you're trying to remove distractions so that you can be a better employee and in in return you uh, achieve things at your job well yeah i mean of course i want to do better in work um i mean i feel like i'm doing pretty good but yeah i guess i do I, I don't know yet if that classifies as a, as a distraction, but I, I feel like, I feel like it's, uh, it's definitely possible that, that it is. When you say that as in work, you don't know if work classifies it as a distraction or something else. No, no, just something like we were talking about, um, like music going on in the background. Gotcha. Okay. Like perhaps that's something that, is actually hindering me when, when you know my mind tells me that oh this is good you know it, it keeps me moving it's beneficial perhaps it's not i don't know do you guys have like stuff like music going on or when you work or you're just like it's complete silence like what's your uh what's your kind of like daily experience with that i'm, I'm curious i don't typically have music going when i'm doing anything I've heard people talk about that when you're writing, trying to have some sort of instrumental music. For me, music is kind of tough because I'll start getting <laughs> distracted with the technical side of, oh, there's a violin playing now. Okay, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, but what it makes me think of is it doesn't have necessarily to do with work so much, but I've been playing chess this year online and I go back and forth on whether or not I think it's a distraction. And it's like too much of it is a distraction. But then on the other side, I'm like, I really enjoy it. Really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So I've, I need to figure out a way so I don't do it too much to where it be, takes away from other things without just saying no more chess. Cause part of me likes these rules where I just say, never going to do chess again. It's too much of it. it right. can turn into a distraction. And so, I wonder if it's a similar thing with music or YouTube comedy special playing in the background or different things in your life where 
there are certain things where cutting out completely is good because it helps you focus. But there are some things where maybe you actually, your life is better having that music playing in the background. But there's something, whether it's society or Headspace app or something's telling you <laughs> you're not as good at meditating or you won't have as much peace, you won't have as good a life, you won't be as productive if you have these things playing. Mm. Um, yeah, perhaps it's just in my head. <laughs> it's a hard... Uh a hard thing to to kind of battle like you said i'm very much you know just like with eating i you know i want to cut it completely out or (laughs) it's hard to ride that line hard to be nuanced i feel that yeah (laughs) i still want to know what a peaceful maybe what a peaceful day looks like to you is it like this state of bliss where you're like blissed out all day like feeling feeling the vibes and relaxed and nothing bothers you or um what's the end goal here with 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 peace it's a it's a funny word to me becoming a monk (laughs) just like humming throughout the day and meditating um (laughs) i can't speak for months but i think they would tell you that it's not like this state of bliss Mm -hmm. they would say like oh you're fine like you can listen to music throughout the day and then still have an enjoyable peaceful day perhaps it's just like in my head (laughs) and that's i think that's what makes it so tough is when you say what's a peaceful day in my mind i immediately go to the stereotypes of oh a peaceful day is there's no obligations nothing's scheduled i'm just sitting out on my porch and reading a book yeah you know but is that actually what you're going after or is that just the stuff that you attach or in my mind that i attach to the word peace when i say a peaceful day yeah i mean what is up yeah well for me yeah sorry so i don't think it's uh extremely you know it's not just like sitting down doing nothing all day it's uh you know I love my work. I love even, um, you know, people are, are pissed off about something or like arguing or fighting. Uh, I, I, I feel, I don't know. I I feel like I can handle it. I mean, it, it does frustrate me at times for sure. So I think, I think a peaceful day consists of, um, I guess not, not spilling over in terms of, you know, the, the frustrations that I feel being able to like, it's not like feel them less, but it's just having the ability to remind myself, having the ability to like kind of bring myself down before things get too much in terms of, let's just say like work, that would be a lot, a lot more, peaceful to me and typically typically i do i do have more peace you know before and then after work which is why i guess i'm focusing on on work do you think your um your external surroundings play a big Mm -hmm. part in how you respond to your customer interactions like if if you had um 
like essential oils and a waterfall in the background. And <laughs> I you're do. just like in this like yoga studio all day. Would that help with the customer interactions? Mm, my thought is perhaps initially, you know, I, I can see myself being like, oh yeah, this is great. And then it, you know, it's just one of those things where you become familiar to it, the new surroundings. And then it's like back to, back to the original, you know, the, the original feeling. So I can't imagine that would like permanently, you know, make me free of, uh, of this. <laughs> this might be a weird question, but what's it like to be more aware of when you're getting triggered? Mm, it's almost like, uh, I don't know it, my mind, uh, my mind kind of went to the, uh, <laughs> what was that guy uh, in the X-Men that like, he could like hear everybody's, you know, <laughs> everybody's like cries <laughs> around the world or something. <laughs> it's like, you can hear like, everything's amplified. Is that Xavier or Xavier? Yeah, <laughs> Xavier. <laughs> Some, maybe that was him or something. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Uh, yeah, basically everything's amplified. You, uh, for better or for worse. Um, sometimes I wish that maybe it wasn't so amplified, and and I was like, I don't know, ignorant of it, or just better able to. Because I, I feel like I do a pretty good job at brushing things off, but it still doesn't help that it that it happens, you know? Do you think you do a pretty good job of noticing when things are amplified? Mm, sometimes not. Um, I would say, I mean, it's, it's like 50, 50. It's really hard to say one way or the other. Um, I definitely notice it at times and, um, it, uh, and other times I don't. So what happens you know, when you mistakes, what happens when you don't notice it? Oh, I mean, you know, I make mistakes. <laughs> like what what type of what type of mistakes? Oh, just like, you know, retaliating on somebody <laughs> or like, you know, and that's that's why in the beginning I I I mentioned briefly about just telling myself that you know, everybody's a human, everybody has issues, et cetera, et cetera. Um so yeah, I I wouldn't say I do it all the time, but um, I do it more than I I would like to, for sure. Since that's my, you know, it's my gig really. It's just being able to rein rein things in, and uh, I should be exuding peace, you know. But that's uh, that's something I don't have complete a uh, complete handle on yet what I'm trying to do. <laughs> I know you've talked about mentioned wanting to have sort of overall peace, but as we're as as you're talking through it, it makes me think that there's probably a big difference at least in my mind and maybe this isn't how you guys think of it, but there's a big difference between when I say a peaceful day versus when I say a peaceful person. And 
it really just comes to, I guess, the external versus internal or where it starts. Like, where's the seat of the piece? Is the seat of the piece internal? And then you have all this stuff swirling around outside and that's okay because you're internally sort of centered or are you wanting more of starting with the external? And even as I say that, it seems like the wrong way to go to start with the external, but it's not necessarily true. Like you could certainly start with the external. Even the app that you're talking about is technically starting with the external and then it's sort of influencing your internal state. Um, do, and I guess that's sort of what I asked in the beginning too, but do you lean in one direction versus the other as far as the internal versus external or peaceful person versus peaceful day, peaceful environment? Yeah, I, I'm... I'm very much more of an internal person. Um, but like you said, the these external things influence the internal, like the uh, you know, the headspace app. Um, possibly possibly music as as mentioned. So I I guess I want to explore that more. I want to dabble a bit. And um, see if there's a a better a better process for that. Uh, I guess my my typical like daily routine with um, with peace. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It sounds it sounds like a productivity tool. It it does, what you're describing doesn't sound like a, a the monk sitting cross legged and blissed out. It sounds like a, a learned skill. Yeah. So that you can uh, not make mistakes when you're working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's what it is most most of the time, especially these days. But with all that's going on, it's more it's more of a productive um, setup. Have you noticed any oh. um, positive results? Mm. I mean, other than like, you know, it's like whenever you start something new, you're super excited about it. You're like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. And then, you know, after a while, it it might kind of drift, you know, down a bit or or out or away. Um, but yeah, I mean, as of right now, uh, I mean, I definitely enjoy it. I I'm hopeful that it will begin to you know, the more I do it, it will begin to spill over into my, my external life. I guess it's too soon to, too soon to say, but. So outside of this app headspace, are there any practices or routines or hobbies, things you do that do give you that spillover effect? You noticeably calmer, more peaceful after you do them? Hmm probably like nothing good like if i like i don't know like eating or something mm. <laughs> you feel good after that um but yeah i mean throughout throughout the the like work the instant day, instant gratification stuff yeah, yeah 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 other than stuff like that um that's my only productivity tool <laughs> <laughs> it, it reminds me and i i guess i keep going back to this because it seems like there are these things that you have in your mind that are supposed to like for instance you 
earlier you mentioned going for walks in nature. Do you actually like going for walks for nature? Does that actually seem like it gives you that? And then you just kind of forget because it's easy to get into the grind of, or, you know, easy to get into whatever the day and then don't end up going for a walk. Hmm. Or is it something where, like for me, I feel like I've been told that walking in nature makes me a peaceful person and makes me a better person, a, you know, calmer person, things like that. And maybe that's actually accurate, but I know for sure it's been told to me. So it's hard to separate out whether or not I just think that because it actually is the case or because I have experience doing that. And I wonder if it's similar for you with, again, I feel like I've asked mm. the same kind of question. No, you're fine. And it doesn't, I don't mean it in a bad way. Like I'm, you know, not getting the answer I want. So I'm just keep asking the same <laughs> broken record over here. I think it's hard. Yeah, no, it's, it's no. super hard. I mean, you're not going to get a, a, a correct answer from me because. Right. I don't even know what whenever, a correct answer is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Any person that tries to judge themselves are typically way off from the truth, you know? So it's like, uh, let's, I don't agree with that, right? Like you, if you experiment with stuff and you notice the results, you can feel it. Like I, I know for certain I feel better after taking a long walk with absolute certainty. And maybe along the way I've been told, Hey, you should go for a walk. Right. But right. I know I feel better after I go for a walk and I know I feel a hell of a lot better after a hard workout. And hmm. that's fair. Yeah. Immediate feelings. stuff like that. When I eat fairly clean, I feel feel better. I don't know if peaceful, right. like diet for me, let's, that that's one where I would say, you know, people tell you you'll feel you'll feel better and more peaceful if you eat healthy. That one's not as extreme as the walks and the exercise. Mm. So so um, yeah. Are there any of the stereotypical things, David, that make you feel calmer and more peaceful? Do you feel more peaceful after going for a long walk? Do you feel more peaceful after a hard workout, doing yoga? You know, the things that are stereotypically good for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, stereotypically, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like yoga. I mean, I, I can, I can definitely, cause it's been a while since I've worked out. So, uh, I'm trying to think back. Yes probably um it, it at least makes me feel better you know to have that that uh the struggle is very re rewarding um or the wim hof breathing you talked about that before that too, yeah wim hof breathing have you still doing that definitely yoga uh yeah a little bit yeah yeah i i don't do it every single day maybe three times a week so yeah, I, I, I definitely want to bump that up too. Cause I remember when I started doing it every day and I was like, I'm doing it for the rest of my life. And then, you know, can you pinpoint and why you get out of those habits? It's hard to say. What stories do you notice the stories you tell yourself about, you know, if walking is beneficial, if exercising and yoga and Wim Hof, if all of these things lead to peace or at least the productivity type of piece, why do you end up abandoning them or not doing them as frequently as you'd like to? 
Yeah, I think it's easy to be lazy, honestly. It's it's the easiest to just sit and do nothing pretty much in any situation, right? And I mean, unless the, somebody with a gun is chasing you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah. Do you think that's I, because the pain is not high enough? Like the consequences aren't high enough? Probably. You mean I, like to make me do stuff like that or the pain during it? I'm just wondering why why we abandon things that are good for us. Yeah. And being lazy... I feel like you're only lazy when you can be not because like, if you have to, if you really are into something like Marshall, you're super into chess. The thought of being lazy when it comes to chess doesn't even like pop up on your radar. It's just like, I really like doing this. Mm. Mm. That's, a good, that's a good distinction. Yeah. Like, I never feel like, Oh, I gotta. Yeah. Yeah. You never feel like, Oh, I have to play chess now. So if you're super into the thing, the thought of being lazy when it comes to improving on it isn't really on your radar. Am I, am I right with that? So how, how to trick my mind into being super eager about stuff like that? Well, you don't want to or, trick yourself, right? You or, want to do things that you are eager. That's what I was going to say is find the thing that really, like there's probably a bunch of things. There's there's a list of things or you know, Wim Hof, walk in mm. nature, headspace like app, <laughs> all of these things that can bring you to or closer to peace or, or what you're wanting there. It seems like if you pick the one that's the easiest, the one that's less likely to have the story be told, oh, I got lazy, so I didn't want to do that. The one that you would never think or you'd be less likely to say, I got lazy, so I didn't do it. Mm and use that as the sort of like we were talking about before, like the jumping off point, like do that a whole bunch. And then as you do that more, I think it will be easier to incorporate the other things. Um, I guess finding that first thing, it would be the, the challenge. It seems like maybe Wim Hof would be a good one just because it seems like you could do that basically whenever and you know you don't have to be like oh I, it's cold outside or it's hot outside i want to do the nature walk yeah. you know less excuses is available maybe is it a silly me, question to maybe ask this meditation is <laughs> go ahead is it a silly question to ask why are you lazy mm, i don't think it's a silly question i'm not sure how to answer that though <laughs> because that might be the heart of it right like why are you lazy if you weren't lazy then I, yeah, that might like, help. I, because because I can, I guess. I don't I don't know. I, I don't have a like clever answer. <laughs> the, the the chess example, and maybe it's just for me because it's hits home so well for me personally, but that feels like a really good barometer of because you're right. I could never I could I, I never am like, okay, quit just sitting here watching TV. Let's go do something actually fun like playing chess. It doesn't, I don't tell, I, the process in my mind is nothing like that. But other things, even writing for me, which I like, I can tell myself I'm being lazy. Mm. I, you know, I, I, I'm being lazy, so I'm not writing. That story happens in my mind. 
the story of I'm being lazy, so I'm not playing chess never happens. I'm never too lazy to play chess. <laughs> I'm being lazy, so I play chess. You know what I mean? Like, or so maybe it's like, how could you say how what what thing that leads to peace? Could you say, hey, I'm gonna oh, be yeah. lazy and do this, That's and I'm gonna one. be lazy and Wim Hof, or I'm yeah. gonna be lazy and walk in nature. Mm-hmm. maybe that's how the conversation you know because that's what i tell myself like, about chess now that i think about it I'm like i'm gonna be lazy and play chess <laughs> you know i'm gonna be lazy and play guitar i'm gonna be lazy and you know yeah i feel like i need to level mm. up before i can like do that because i'm already like <laughs> i'm at the you know it's a, it's <laughs> so it's so it's such a good point though because if you're picking things that you don't like like it sounded like you said eating right when you say i'm gonna be lazy and so i'm gonna go eat is that a common story for you what what other things are like that for you where you're like i'm gonna be lazy and fill in oh it's it's typically like not doing things like but you're doing something (laughs) are you sitting on the couch are you taking a nap watching tv uh just work extra work you're gonna be lazy and relaxing after that relaxing after that yes for sure um but what do you do when you relax? Like you, if you were to say, "Oh, I was lazy today. I just..." Then how would you? Oh yeah, yeah. How, just well, like how would you finish that sentence? Lay down and like you know watch a YouTube video or something. Okay, okay. You know, but something's telling you that that's not good, mm. because in the moment you're enjoying that. You're just relaxed. You're watching comedy special that just came out on Netflix. Yeah. Right. But there's something that's telling you this isn't getting me to my goal. This isn't going to be productive in the long run. Something's telling you that's not this is not what i should be doing this is not what life should be right for right? sure for sure even though in the moment you're like me with chess like i'm into it i'm totally into it 5 hours later yeah. i'm like okay i probably shouldn't have played 5 hours of chess but <laughs> you know <laughs> i mean at least that works your brain <laughs> well we can debate about what <laughs> yeah right right right, right. <laughs> sorry <laughs> one person's lazy or like i <laughs> I'm the laziest here, all right? <laughs> huh. Yeah, no, this is good. <laughs> yeah, Marshall, you're I I after the sixth time trying to make the point, I think I <laughs> it, it makes sense about is the YouTube video all that bad if it does help you become peaceful? And then you watch that 10 minute YouTube video and you feel calmer and you laugh and you feel peaceful and then you can Mm -hmm. go back to work and have better interactions with your customers. Mm. Yeah. yeah. When you say it like that, it's like, maybe you just need to quiet the, you need to work voice, not quiet the Mm. get off YouTube voice. I mean, I don't know. Because externally we're getting a lot of input saying, Oh, YouTube's bad. Music like all go on a walk, go to nature. (laughs) That's what you should be doing. I'm like, well, yeah it's like i don't like those things or maybe i do i don't know i just to argue argue the opposite you know social media can kind of calm me down sometimes like if i go on instagram like a few pictures leave a comment or two on some people that i enjoy following right right it's the overuse that's certainly like absolutely negative if you're just going for calming down laughing at a comedian seems like a pretty decent way as to go about as you're it. Gonna get. <laughs> <laughs> i can't think of a time i felt more stressed after listening to a great comedy show <laughs> <laughs> it's very true yeah <laughs> oh yeah 
It's the perception, I guess. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. It, I think it goes, goes back to a lot of our topics, like just noticing <laughs> how you feel in the moment. Yeah. Just even talking this through with you guys is, uh, it's like there wasn't really like a, you know, a layout, a complete layout, but I mean, we figured some things out. So we call that a win. Hey guys, this is David. We hope you enjoyed this week's discussion. Our goal is to inspire people to have more honest and vulnerable conversations. You can help us do that by not only sharing the show, but also having meaningful conversations of your own. Thank you for listening, and be sure to subscribe to catch our next talk.